Alhamdulillah wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa manwa wa Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society, nothing but facts live stream where today is Thursday, which is always the stories of the awliya. So I'm going to open up my Instagram here if the uh, internet's connecting, right? Because sometimes these things get stubborn if there's a lot of people uh, with the connection. But the good thing is that Uthman is here. Uh, the Wizard of Oz will, inshallah, get us on the internet since he is such a tech wizard. <laughs> Wiz, uh, Oz, I'm going to put this right here. And if you can just get us on the internet in the meantime. We're on the internet with the live stream because we use an ethernet cable, which was also the Wizard of Oz's idea. Right? And today, we continue on the readings of uh, the awliya listed. When we say awliya, we say we deem them that they have the signs of wilaya in them. That's why we consider them to be awliya Allah because they, the signs of wilaya are all in them. And this is all from the book of Ar-Risal al-Qushayriya, which does have an English translation. Okay. And that English translation is available for all of you to read uh, uh, on the internet. It's a PDF. You could just type in Risal al-Qushayriya English translation and you'll get it there. It's a very good, uh, solid book to have and you have to have it. It's one of those that if you're studying... Uh, tasawwuf, okay. If you're studying tasawwuf, this is one of the ummahat, and it's one of the ummahat mainly because he defines the ahwal. And I don't know when it was when we said there is a difference between a hal and a maqam. When when did we say that, Ryan? In the live stream, or in the masjid? No. When did I say it? I don't know. Well, I'll just repeat it. Uh, tasawwuf talk, yeah. A is something that comes upon you that you cannot change. You can never remove it from yourself. It comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you have no choice. Okay? A maqam is something that you work towards. You were supposed to work towards maqamat by awrad. The way you work for maqams is by awrad. Al-mujahada. Jahid to shahid. Ahwal, they just come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're not to be sought. The maqam is to be sought. So what's the, why do people love ahwal? Because it feels amazing. But you have something better when you attain a maqam. A maq- what is the difference? It's basically like a maqam is something that you're solid on. For example, uh, a wird. You never leave it off. You're always solid on this. Okay. Whereas sometimes like you just had... A hal is a state that comes upon you and it goes. A maqam is something you work towards and you work on, for example, your gratitude until you become a shakir. You work on zuhud until you become a zahid. You work on dhikr until you become a dhakir, so on and so forth. Now, the reward of the maqam is called waridat, al-warid. The singular is al-warid. And al-warid and al-waridat is essentially, it's a very beautiful and sweet, um, I guess you can say feeling that overcomes a person or comes upon a person uh, as a reward for his efforts. And it comes regularly. That's why it's called a wadid. So a wadid is a function of mujahada. Right? Whereas a had a state. It just comes to a person. And that is, for example, um, a had does not, don't imagine that a had is something like that um, he's like having an ecstatic hal. That's not like that. For example, if you see somebody who is 
generally not in the deen and generally maybe sinful. And all of a sudden, like some couple things happen in life, all of a sudden they're ascetic and they're trying really hard. But you know that this is not sustainable. That's a hell. It came upon him. What he has to work on is consistent actions that are sustainable. That's what we, that is the maqam. He will, when he attains that sustainability and he's consistent upon it, then we could call that a maqam. Okay. And then the, the nice little things that Allah sends to his heart and sends upon him, those are called waridat, which are the result of awrad. A wird is something you do regularly, something you do all the time. Call that a wird. So this is some basic uh, terminology in the field of tasawwuf, and it's some basic concepts. And these are the types of concepts that are addressed in the ummahat, the, the, the mother source books of this knowledge and this field. Number the uh, entry number seven Abu Sa'id ibn al Arabi. Abu Sa'id Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Ziyad al Basri al Arabi. What is the difference between Arab and Arab? The Arab are the, the Bedouins, they're the Bedouins, and the Arab is just Arabs. Who, who is an Arab? Anyone who speaks Arabic is an Arab. That's the rule, that's how it works. Anybody who, if you learned Arabic, of course, the people may not call you that, but in the term, in the in the view of the Sharia, whoever speaks Arabic is one of us, is an Arab. Okay, and that definition was set down by the Prophet So you're not Arabic, and you learn Arabic, boom, you become Arab. Because really, what what is it that that makes people part of a culture? Right, lineage, skin? No, it's not. So if you took a Nigerian and you put him in Calgary after three generations, is he Nigerian? Of course not, right? The second generation is hardly Nigerian, right? You take someone like me, am I Egyptian? Not really, 50-50, maybe, okay? Are my kids Egyptian? Only by some uh, association. After two more generations, there's no connection that's direct. Yes, we know that our origin is there. But there's no direct connection. Okay, how about the, the Egyptians? All, every Egyptian came from somewhere else, except for very few. Uh, you'll, every Egyptian was, oh, we came from Asham. We came from Al-Hijaz. We came from Al-Maghrib. Most West Africans, where did they come from? Yemen. Like you, Most of the Arabs and uh, uh, Arab lineage that is in West Africa today is Yemen. Even like the Sheikh Fodi drama, you heard of him, right? He comes all the time from Vancouver. He told me drama means hadrami. It derives from hadrami. Right? Yeah. Drami. That's what it is. Meaning hadrami. Did you get it to work? Us? Sometimes you just have to, you know, it says forget the whatever. So. That's the difference between Arabi and Arab. And the Arabs are different categories. The first category is called Al-Arab Al-Ba'idah. The Arabs that disappeared. And those are the Arabs that were destroyed or their tribes just faded away. If a, a people are destroyed suddenly, they, dis, they disappear suddenly, that's Adab from Allah. But if they d- disappear nat- slowly and naturally, that's just part of life. It's not Adab from Allah. So then there's Al-Arab uh, uh, Al-Musta'arabah. The Arabized Arabs, 
these people came into the peninsula, like most of us are from that. Uh, they learned the Arabic language and they became Arabs like that. These are different types of Arabs. He lived by Al-Haram, Al-Makki, Sahib Al-Junaid. He studied under Junaid Al-Salik and Amr ibn Uthman Al-Makki okay, and other than them. وَقَالَ أَخْسَرُ الْخَاسِرِينَ مَنْ أَبْدَى لِلنَّاسِ صَالِحِ أَعْمَالِهِ وَبَارَزُ بِالْقَبِيحِ مَنْ هُوَ أَقْرَبُ مِنْهُ مِنْ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ the, the most f- failing... Uh, uh, oh, wow, what a coincidence. We do have a Nigerian in Calgary. How weird is that? Well, his name is Olakumni, uh, Ola Ola I think. I can't really read it, but I think it says Olakumni because it's far away. It's a sister. Okay. Uh, well, your great-grandkids, you're going to have to tell them they're Nigerian because they're going to be Canadian, essentially. They might even be playing hockey and skiing. Okay, okay so uh, he says here, Akhsarul Khasirin, the biggest losers in this life, they show everyone righteousness, but they're actually, um, they, 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 they have no shame to show Allah the worst of their actions. Now, you have to make tawbah if this is your situation. And how many people that this is their situation? They go out to the people, Nobody's going to be rude. Nobody's going to be sinful in front of everybody. But when they're all home at night, they may commit some grave, grievous, and disgusting sins. But you have to make tawbah. Right? Just to give you some optimism. The Prophet ﷺ said, the one who repents from a sin is like he has no sin. So you have to have that kind of optimism. Next is Abu al-Khair al-Aqta'a. He's Maghribi al-Asl. He's a Moroccan, and he had many karamats. قَالَ مَا بَرَغَ أَحَدٌ حَالَةً شَرِيفَةً مَا بَرَغَ أَحَدٌ حَالَةً شَرِيفَةً Nobody attained a good state. إِلَّا بِمُلَازَمَةِ الْمُوَافَقَةِ وَمُعَانَقَةِ الْأَدَبِ وَأَدَاءِ الْفَرَائِضِ وَصُحْبَةِ الصَّالِحِينَ You don't attain any good rank. What do, what do they mean? What are they talking about a good state? To give an example, the way some of these awliya they speak, it's that, Anytime they start their dhikr, they immediately, they're receiving, it's as if there's like a tube connected to their heart that's dropping honey. It's very quick for them to be in such a calm and peaceful and beautiful state. You attain this by fighting sins. It may take a long time. Fighting sins and struggling to do dhikr. Always trying to upkeep dhikr and adhkar. And some of the ulama said you really need a shaykh. And others said if you're in the general, uh, in touch with the general ahl sunnah Okay. But subhanAllah, uh, the idea of, of having a shaykh has come up in many. The shawam, ahl sham are very big on this. Okay. If you look at Shaykh Rajab al-Deeb, he used to say openly, you have to have a shaykh. Okay. Because it's almost like being in a power outlet. You're directing yourself. You can't take your power outlet and just wave it around and hope for electricity. You need to plug into a sheikh, specific sheikh. Okay. And they say that, for example, the suluk of the Sahaba, he said an amazing thing. He said, Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, 
Of course, all of the, the Sahaba are disciples of the Prophet But some are regular awam and nas, and some are striving seriously. And they didn't have terms for this, except for the term Sahabi. And he said, Sayyidina Umar, tamma sulukuhu ala yadi Abi Bakr. Can you believe that? He said, Sayyidina Umar completed his spiritual path at the hands of Abu Bakr Siddiq. Abba, you okay? Yes. What was that? Oh, shoot. Tamma sulukuhu ala yadi Abi Bakr Siddiq. Can you believe that? SubhanAllah. And then they also talked about Sayyidina Umar continued with Sayyidina Ali. That Sayyidina Ali was like, almost like a teacher to Sayyidina Umar in certain aspects. Not just an advisor. He was like, almost like a teacher to him. Okay, so he was not just an advisor on political matters. He was an advisor on spiritual matters too. Very interesting. They, they didn't have a, di- a division between spiritual matters, political matters. The, the Sahaba's early time, they didn't have that. We now later have that. So y- you need to scrub and st- strive against these sins because we have a product the MBA have a product that is so amazing. And I can't describe it other than it's as if you have a, a, a cord, all right, and there's honey dripping right into your heart. And it, it, you could be like in the middle of the night, and it's, it's a sakina. And it's not just a sakina that like it's, uh, you're at peace, but it's a, it's a, a halawa, a sweetness, right? And that comes from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by someone whose aqidah is sound and he starts uh, and he strives hard against his ego and against sins. That's the most important thing. You can't put pure honey in a dirty cup. You can't put honey in a cup that's not dirty. For example, apple juice is, is, is religious is, uh, in the sharia. It's tahir, right? It's pure. It's tahir. But would you put honey on it? If you had beautiful virgin olive oil, would you put that in a bowl that had apple juice in it? Or like leftovers from yesterday? I'm looking at the screen here and I'm really surprised. Look at this. Who's here? Calgary. Cardiff. Jordan. Mauritius. You need a map. Mauritius, it's like in Africa. It's an island mainly composed of Muslims that originated from Al-Hind. Okay. Utah. Sri Lanka. Australia. Jordan. Isam Mogul, do you uh, recommend deleting Twitter? Yeah, I do. I don't go on Twitter, except like on my laptop every once in a while. I took it off my phone. I'm not getting involved. Okay. Netherlands. Ajib. The technology Allah has created, subhanAllah. Huh? Where are, the, where are the people from Leicester? Philly, Cardiff, Maryland, Warwich. No, Norwich. I think someone's going to tell me it's Norwich. But to me, it's Norwich. Liverpool. Allah Akbar. Norwich has a, by the way, there's a channel you guys might not, you may know of it. It's called Alchemia. Say something. You can sign up for Alchemia. Okay. And they have a show on the history of the Islamic movement of Malikis, right? Or close to Malikia in Norwich, England, right? 
and 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 how they had drama and blah 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 right like it, i have i watched like one episode i gotta watch the rest of it or maybe i watched like 20 minutes huh how good a, Harun who? No, no, I don't think it's that one. Oh, okay. No, it's about it's. You go to alchemia dot com. It's like a Muslim Netflix, okay, and they got a show about all the Muslims, like the the, the Islamic scene, the drama, whatever that happened um, uh, in Norwich. Sheikh Abdul Qadir, his name is Sheikh Abdul Qadir, um, Al Murabit, I think he calls himself, and the movement is called Al Murabitun. No, his name, he calls himself Abdul Qadr al-Sufi. And the movement's called Al-Murabitun, right? And he started, and he, he got bankrolled by a Libyan. And there was all these white British converts. And he was literally, he would, it was a hippie time, right? Time of the hippies. And, okay, so he would basically, these guys would walk around and pray wherever they prayed. They do hadras, they do dhikr gatherings. And people were like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Let's join. And then there was like a, like a farm, like a, what do you call those big, like farmhouse basically, and rooms. And they just lived there. I don't know if people worked or I don't know how they survived. I guess they got odd jobs on the side. But it's, yeah. And they, a while back, yeah. they, they made a show about this. So all the shiuch that we know came out of there. Dr. Omar Farouk came out of there. Sheikh Hamza Yusuf came out of there. Peter Sanders, the photographer, came out of there. Uh, Abdulatif Whiteman, the designer, the graphic designer, came out of there. Sheikh Mohsin and Najjar came out of there. A lot of people came out of this movement, right? So that's the history of Nor Norwich, England. I know they, they, they call it Norwich, but to me it's Norwich. Um, Alchemia, let me try to find it. I think it's with a Y, that's what it is. Um, we need to support this channel because they're going to go under. It's with a Y. Right, check this out. Alchemia, A-L-C-H-E-M-I-Y-A.com. They gave me a free thingy. like to take a look at it, right? Okay. Yeah, they gave me the thing. You guys should check it out because it would be a shame if it, goes, if it goes under, to be honest with you. And you know what's going to make this thing succeed? Kids, Islam, an Islamic thing for the kids. Because I'm absolutely sick of Coco Melon. I'm absolutely Coco sick. Melon. I'm absolutely disgusted. <laughs> like, you know when like something sh you shouldn't be upset with it? There's no reason to be upset with it. But I'm pissed by it, right? I think you and every parent. Why, why does everyone hate Coco Melon so much? It, the kids are so addicted right away. Really? And the words? Yeah. Right? It's like, today I wear my shirt. What is a shirt? This is a shirt. And it's like the words are so simple for a kid, yeah. right? But you can't hear it as an adult. This is too dumbed down and absurd for, or for an adult. So here, go into this Oz and see if you can find the Norwich, England uh, uh, thing. I need to talk to the owner and give him my idea that he should just go. It, it should really be for kids. Movie right? or? Uh, it's a documentary. Documentary. Yeah. Oh, cool. And when I was in England, I could tell right away who was from either that group or the Naqshbandis, because they both attracted the most white converts, and none of them wore like a regular hijab. They would always wear the bandana hijab, right? And I would say, and I don't want to offend anyone, to be honest with you, but I got to tell you, that's that's kitchen wear, right? That is for like someone in the back with their sleeves rolled up. That's that's cooking. Like I don't see how you're wearing that, to be quite honest with you. 
right? And I'll tell you now what a lot of uh, girls wear, and I, and I'm speaking just because I have family members, right? The Nike hijab, and then just any scarf on top of it, because then you never have to worry for it slipping, hair slipping out. They just wear the Nike hijab, and then they wear any old scarf on and wrap that around. Then it like uh, uh, they never have to worry about my hair sticking out, whatever. So. All right, let's get back to our topic here. Let's see what people said about anything um, about Norwich, England. So the message is still quite mind-blowing. Loads of second-generation kids from white British converts that still go to the mosque. Okay, you know who, uh, who comes out of there? Um, the translator. Her and her family. Uh, Aisha, Aisha Buley. I, I met him. I met him the, you met the son? No, so no basically I, I was at the masjid. Yeah. They have their masjid in Granada, yeah. Spain. Yeah, so they, they have another branch there. Yeah. yeah, and we were talking to the guy who, the imam of that masjid after Fajr one day, and he was like, yeah, this week they're actually having like their commemoration like anniversary, and all the people who started it are coming in. Yeah. So we go like a couple of days later, and we go pray there, and we're going out, and I see a white guy. Yeah. So I say salams to him. I'm just like, what's your name? They got Abdul Haq. And then like, okay. he just like disappeared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was he movie. was he like big and well dressed and stuff? He was short and well dressed, okay. wearing like a top hat or something. Oh, okay. And and I was like, there's something about that guy. <laughs> I was like, he, he just disappeared after. I well, said I, that was my experience. Like they weren't welcoming to me. At, like when we walked in, they're like, looked at us like we're yeah. something else. Like they didn't have that element to them. Uh, it, like if there was one thing I would I would say to them was like, it felt like a secret society. I don't think they want to be welcoming. They want to like keep it the way it is. Which, I guess, whatever. That's their business. But you know that their son, I heard their son is a big alim and studied in Morocco for like eight years. Yeah. Right? Uh, could you go up to see what else Khadija Asif said about it? Because she's from this area. Right? I guess the land was cheap there because why else would you go to Norwich, England? There's a big Islamic history here. One of the famous Abdul Qadir Sheikhs. Yes, Abdul Qadir Sufi. He, he founded the mosque there. He also, he has a branch in Mexico. He has a branch in Granada. And he, has a, and he currently lives in South Africa. So may Allah reward him. It's like, you can't put 50 years in the dawah, all right, um, and not get anything out of it. You know, we, we ask Allah Ta'ala to reward him, and if he had mistakes, then Allah forgive him for his mistakes. But their their creed should be just general Ash'ari and Sunni creed, right, and, and Maliki creed. And you don't have to be in the in, in any Sufi order to be, to be part of it. Right, you just you could just be part of it. I think if people just stick to that, like Ashari, just Maliki, stick to that, yeah. And you know, you don't have to make your like just do what people have been doing for the past one thousand years. Why reinvent the wheel? Why reinvent the wheel? And yeah. uh, let me tell you about Subhanallah. Um, uh, I'm telling you, I love what happened in Sus in Morocco. You grow up, you memorize the Quran, because I mean, what what Malik himself. What was his biggest emphasis? The Quran, right? Secondly, right? Um, they study Maliki fiqh, right? Thirdly, and I would add to that a lot of aqidah. You know, the Arabs, for some reason, the Arabs don't study aqidah much outside of Shem. Like the Egyptians are sort of soft on it. Like it's not very popular. But you, I would say you study aqidah. But the, and then the fourth thing is that all of their devotion is. The Prophet Salah on the Prophet Al-Burja, right? Mawalid. That's all their devotion. In Al-Maghrib is mostly so much of it is this. In Sus, every um, day, Jalal al Burja once a week. Mawlid is the whole month is off, basically, right? 
And Moroccans tend not to work anyway. A lot of these places, they I don't know how they survive, but they don't work much anyway. Okay. Well, Hamza Azizi says, in Mexico, it was a disaster. I'll tell you why it was a disaster in Mexico, because in Mexico, there was a city called Chiapas. And they entered Islam, I don't know how, but a lot of people entered Islam. But immediately, different groups descended upon it. I think like the Salafi group and the Murabitun came down. And it just totally divided the community. Huh? Bad mix. Next one, Ahmed of Antakya. And he said, Very simple entry here. He says that if you want, if you want, and we read this last week, to rectify your heart, rectify your tongue. I would say in this day and age, for Muslim youth, if you want to rectify your heart, rectify your eyes. If you can purify your eyes from looking at, especially for the boys, from looking at pornography, you become a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? That's one of the biggest things. And if you don't do that, if you don't have that fitna in the first place, right, then you have a big gift. We read last week that he said that if um, Allah says our wealth and our children are a fitna, yet we, and, and we seek it. We seek it. So we seek increase in it. So that's a saying that it could be a good thing. Like we are still asking Allah for it. Yet at the same time, um, or it could be understood that despite that Allah told us this, if it, we still seek it, which we shouldn't. So both apply. If your intention is good, then seek it. If your intention is bad, in other words, you're distracted from it uh, by the dunya, then it's bad. Abu Hamza al-Bazzar is next. Al-Baghdadi, he's from Baghdad. He died 289 of the Hijrah, which is about 902 of the common era. He died slightly before Junaid al-Salik, and he was from one of his colleagues. He was also a companion of Sari al-Saqati. And he was a faqih and a alim, knowledgeable of the ten qira'at of Qur'an. وَكَانَ مِنْ أَوْلَادِ عِيسَى إِبْنَ أَبَّانِ He was one of the uh, children of Isa ibn Abban. وَكَانَ أَحْمَدِ ibn حَنْبَلْ يَقُولُ لَهُ فِي الْمَسَائِلِ مَا تَقُولُ فِيهَا يَا صُوفِي Ahmad ibn Hanbal used to say to him, what do you say about this, O Sufi? Ajib. وَقِيلَ كَانَ يَتَكَلَّمُ فِي مَجْلِسِهِ يَوْمَ جُمْعَةٍ فَتَغَيَّرَ عَلَيْهِ الْحَالِ فَسَقَطَ عَنْ كُرْسِيِّهِ وَمَاتَ مِنَ الْأُسْبُوَةِ التَّالِي He was giving his speech on Friday. And a hal overcame him and he fell off of his seat. And he died the next week. SubhanAllah. One of his sayings was, مِنْ عِلْمِ طَرِيقِ الْحَقِّ مَنْ عَلِمَ طَرِيقَ الْحَقِّ سَهُلَ عَلَيْهِ سُلُوكُهُ If you know the path to Allah, you find suluk easy. Okay. Just like if you're a doctor, if you understand medicine, you're able to treat yourself. Which is, you ever see a lot of these guys in the, um, in the military, when they study, one of the things they have to study, and CIA and all these assassins, they have to study how to medicate yourself on the basics. So what, when you get shot, what do you do? Right? And they study this. Suluk means the path to Allah. So they study that, that just answering that brother's question. Uh, they study how to get a, what happens when you get shot because it's going to happen. And because they have knowledge of what's required, they're able to actually do it. 
right? They're able to actually go into the CVS, get the stuff, get the bandages, get everything, and they put the iodine to purify. They get the clipper or whatever to pick the bullet out. They know how to sew themselves together and patch up a wound. Why are they able to do that despite the pain? Is because of knowledge. The, the knowledge that uh, this thing could be really bad if I leave it. I can get infection. So the knowledge that this short-term pain is saving me from almost losing my leg. Likewise, if you understand the path to Allah, that the, it becomes easy. The path to Allah is required sometimes in order to do tahdeeb of your nafs. Solitude, silence, hunger, and none of them should be too extremes. And dedication to the krilla, a little bit of sleeplessness, you have to wake up in the middle of the night to do ibadah. And you must put down your ego. You put down your ego by, by admitting to sins that we've done and putting our ego down and accepting being ignored sometimes, accepting not having, entertaining our ego sometimes. And the path for us Westerners is, I think the best path is the um, philosophy, I should say. The philosophy of a shadri, which is diplomo- diplomacy with your ego. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Nothing too far so that you don't bounce back. No extremes. But every day, a little bit of, of paying attention to this. A little bit, right? After five years of doing that, your little bit is this much. It started off, a little bit was like, and the Habayib say, if you want to decrease your food, all you do is just decrease that last spoon that you want to put for yourself. Don't put that. Just one spoon. A teaspoon. A teaspoon. That's discipline. Little bits of discipline at a time. And you'll get to your destination. What else did he say? وَلَا دَلِيلَ عَلَى الطَّرِيقِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ There is no path, there's no, nothing to point you to spirituality except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah points to مُتَابَعَةِ الرَّسُولِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ Following the Prophet صَلَى اللَهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمُ فِي أَحْوَالِهِ وَأَفْعَالِهِ وَأَقْوَالِهِ I feel bad for um, a lot of the hippie types and even today all those types that are seeking spirituality and seeking truth and they're just dipping into waters that are essentially, there's nothing there. there. There's no nutrition. You're just eating rice cakes. There's no nutrition. Okay. These things are, the maximum that they'll get you is away from excessive distraction. Like, so that will be calmed down. But there's actually nothing heavenly. So it's, and, and the proof of that is that, just take a look, do they pass it on to their kids? And the answer is mostly no, right? They have it for themselves. They think they have it, but they don't end up passing it on to their kids. Throw me that red phone real quick. Sorry. Did you find it? The Wi-Fi is Is that thing working, by the way, up there? Why is it useless? What the heck? Buy stuff and just, that doesn't work. You're ripped off. Okay. Next. وَقَالَ مَنْ رُزِقَ ثَلَاثَةُ أَشْيَاءٍ Who is given three things. فَقَدْ نَجَى مِنَ الْآفَاتِ You have been freed from afat flaws. What are these three things? بَطْنٌ خَالٍ مَعَ قَلْبٍ قَانِعٍ A stomach that's empty and a heart that's satisfied. He's saying these are the sources of fitna. Okay. 
he's saying that if you want your heart to be satisfied, if you want to be satisfied, decrease a little bit of your food because all of greed starts with the stomach. Like it's impossible to keep going hungry and eventually all of your greed will go away. The more you pain your stomach with hunger. So if you fast once a week or twice a week. Okay. Eventually even your heart will be satisfied. You'll be satisfied with very little. وَفَقْرٌ دَائِمٌ مَعَ زُهْدٍ حَاضِرٍ فَقْرُ دَائِمٌ Simplicity of life. Always simple. The simple life. With bringing to mind why you're living the simple life. حُضُور 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 الزُهُد Meaning keep it into mind that why are you uh, living the simple life? Because this is only Hayat al-Dunya. We're going to leave this world. وَصَبْرٌ كَامِلٌ مَعَ ذِكْرٍ دَائِمٍ Constant patience with the remembrance of Allah while remembering Allah always. These three things. Next one. Abu Ubaid al-Busri. It's not Basri. It's not with Asad. This is entry number 11 in Al-Risal al-Qushayriya. Entry number 11. Abu Ubaid al-Busri. من قدماء المشايخ from the old شيوخ صاحب أبا تراب النخشبي he was the companion of Abu Turab and Nakhshabi who's what, why do people name Abu Turab anyone know quiz question out there why are people named Abu Turab whose nickname is it good Sayyidina Ali Ibn Abi Talib Sayyidina Ali's nickname is Abu Turab. One time Sayyidina Ali and Sayyidina Fatima, they had a little bit of a scuffle and an argument. So Sayyidina Ali left the house. The Prophet ﷺ walked to the masjid for tahajjud. He came out for tahajjud. And he saw Sayyidina Ali sleeping in the dirt. No blanket, no nothing. And he was, obviously when you sleep, you, you sleep on one side, sleep on your back, sleep on the other side. He was covered completely in dirt. Okay. So the Prophet ﷺ said, what happened? Yeah, Abu Turab, O keeper of dirt. Okay. One time Sayyidina Muawiyah, he wanted to be, um, I think this, is, this, this goes back to Sayyidina Muawiyah, where he wanted to be friendly towards Sayyidina Ali. And he wrote him a letter with the nickname Abu Turab. And when he received the letter, Sayyidina Ali said to his assistant, read it for me. Read out loud. And when he read out loud, and he said, to Abu Turab, the assistant got so angry and so upset. Okay? And, and then said, Ali laughed. He said, no, no, that's the nickname the Messenger of Allah gave me. It's a good thing. It's a good nickname. So Abu Turab meaning Sahib Zuhd. He's a man of Zuhd. Right? So Abu Turab is an acceptable nickname. And Sayyidina Ali's nickname. يقول أحمد بن جلاء ابن الجلاء لقيت ستة مئة شيخ فما رأيت مثل أربعة I met 600 شيوخ I never saw any of them or close to these four ذنون المصري from South Egypt وأبي my father وأبي تراب النخشبي وأبي عبيد البسري That's it for the entrance of Abu Ubaid there's no more for Abu Ubaid. Entry number 12. Abu Yazid al-Bistami. This is the famous Abu Yazid al-Bistami. Okay. 
ويزيد البستامي. Okay. He has a long entry. So we let's see if we we read it today. We read part of it or all of it. Taifur ibn Is al-Bistami. That's his name. Taifur. And he died 261 after the Hijrah, or 804, uh, 875 of the common era. Kana Kana. Precedes the nominal sentence. It has Ism Kana and Khabar Kana. Ism Kana is Marfu'a. Khabar Kana is Mansub. Okay. Kana al ismu khabaran. Right? So the ism of the sentence is marfu' with a dhamma. The khabar mansub. So kana jadduhu majusiyan. That's how you do it. Waqad aslam. And his grandfather became Muslim. Wakanu thalathat ikhwa. And there were three brothers Adam, wa taifur, wa ali. Alright? So he had three brothers. There were three. وَكَانُوا زُهَادًا عُبَّادًا All of them were ascetics and worshippers. As for Abu Yazid, who was Taifur, فَكَانَ أَجَلُّهُمْ حَالًا He had the strongest state amongst them all. وَسُئِلَ And he was asked, بِأَيِّ شَيْءٍ بَلَغْتَ هَذِهِ الْمَعْرِفَةِ By what thing did you receive this state? قَالَ بِبَطْنٍ جَائِعٍ وَبَدٍ عَارٍ He said, An empty stomach and simple clothes. Look how important fasting is in the path. The empty stomach. That's why I actually support all these diets. For, just from the aspect that you won't eat a lot. The only one that we don't, I don't have no support or any sympathy for is vegetarians and of course vegans. Vegans don't even count. They, they, they need help, other, other types of help. Because that's too extreme. Okay, But the vegetarian, we won't accept that for the simple reason that uh, if you believe it's morally superior... If you don't believe it's morally superior, then all you really should do is just eat meat on Eid, as it's Sunnah. But uh, there's no, there's not. As long as you don't believe it's morally superior, right? Then khalas. What's the problem? Why should I? Why should I bother him? He doesn't want to eat beef or lamb. I wish more of you existed so the prices go down, right? For beef and lamb. Uh, but there shouldn't be a problem with that. But the more. The, all these different diets, I'm sugar-free, I'm this, I'm that, I think that's probably good for you, right? They may be annoying that they always have to tell you. And I think what's totally rude is when they bring that to the table as a guest. They come into the guest and this person cooked for hours and then some twerp, 17-year-old, tells you, I'm sugar-free. Wait a second, your grandma just cooked you this pie. <laughs> And you come and tell her, I'm sugar-free? And they don't understand that stuff in those old cultures? What do you mean sugar-free? We're lucky. Back in all day, we're lucky we have food, right? So you shouldn't bring this up to the family. But that's, so that's my take on all these diets, right? The, there's one religious issue, which is the moral issue on meat. The second issue is that don't bring it up, you know, like, don't try to preach this, promote this. It's annoying. But... Don't bring it at the guest when you're a guest. Eat whatever's put in front of you as a guest. You could be sugar free, but when you have a when you when you're host and you accept it to be a guest, and your host cooked food for you, you put it out there. You eat it, right? It's rude otherwise, but I think sugar free is great. I think all these uh, other things, these complex carbohydrates, you avoid that stuff. It's good for you probably to avoid that stuff. So I'm 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 all for all those types of diets. 
Uh, now everyone's into uh, the craze of the decade is intermittent fasting. No one ever used the word intermittent before until uh, this fasting craze came about. And that's probably really good for you too, right? So, uh, the empty stomach. That's basically what he's talking about. وَقَالَ عَمِلْتُ فِي الْمُجَاهَدَةِ ثَلَاثِينَ سَنَةً I strove against my ego 30 years. فَمَا وَجَدْتُ شَيْئًا أَشَدَّ عَلَيَّ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ وَمُتَابَعَتِهِ I never found anything to be harder than studying and then acting upon that knowledge. وَلَوْلَ اخْتِلَافُ الْعُلَمَاءِ لَبَقِيت وَاخْتِلَافُ الْعُلَمَاءِ رَحْمَةِ إِلَّا فِي تَجْرِيدِ التَّوْحِيدِ Okay? And he says that وَلَوْلَ اخْتِلَافُ الْعُلَمَاءِ لَبَقِيت um, I don't understand what he meant by لبقيت. It means I would have remained If it wasn't for these differences in um, scholars I would have remained I don't understand what that means He says but The difference of opinions of the scholars is a mercy Except in one subject There should be no difference of opinion He means by that That making tanzih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes From ever being similar to the attributes of created things there's no difference of opinion on that. وَقِيلَ لَمْ يَخْرُجْ أَبُوْ يَزِيدٍ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا حَتَّى اسْتَظْهَرَ الْقُرْآنَ الْكَرِيمَ كُلَّهِ He didn't die until he had memorized the entire Qur'an. Knowledge is the hardest thing to act upon because your ego always wants something different. And knowledge will say no to your ego in different situations and force you to be humble to other scholars and other, other students of knowledge and to the community. وقال ذهبنا ننظر إلى رجل شهر نفسه بالولاية. He said we went out to look for a man who who had become popular as a wali. وكان رجلا مقصودا مشهورا بالزهد. And he was a man famous for his asceticism, and people like to go and witness his asceticism. فمضينا إليه. So we all traveled to him, like we would do. Oh, there's a sheikh over there. Let's go see the sheikh. فَلَمَّا خَرَجَ مِنْ بَيْتِهِ وَدَخَلَ الْمَسْجِدِ We saw him, he left his house, he entered the masjid. رَمَى بِبُصَاقَةٍ تِجَاهِ الْقِبْلَةِ He spat in the direction of the Qibla. He spat in the direction. Immediately he says, فَانْصَرَفْتُ وَلَمْ أُسَلِّمْ عَلَيْهِ I turned right back around. I didn't even say salam to him. I didn't even say salam to him. And I said to myself, he cannot be trusted with one adab. Adab. One piece of the adab is singular, adab is plural. One adab of the Prophet. You don't spit in the direction of the qibla. Right? While you're walking in the mat, spit like that? No, you turn to the side, you spit under your feet, and you bury it. That's the adab of having to get rid of something. So how could he be trusted with the secrets of wilaya and all these things? Okay. I was one time thinking, Oh Allah, suffice me of the need to eat and to get married. How is it permissible to ask this? The Prophet did not ask that. So I didn't make this dua. 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he had this adab, he took away the desire for women from me. Okay. Then he says, Then if a woman came near to me, I had no desire. Even if a woman came right in front of me, it was, it was as if a wall came right in front of me. There was no desire for women. Yeah. That's, by the way, Sheikh Saeed al-Bulti says, what happens when you're reading from the awliya and they say something that seems to be contrary to the sharia? He said, that's his hal. That's not yours. Right? In fact, that general hal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for us is, Why is Allah telling us to say this in the, in the Qur'an? Oh Allah, grant me a coolness of my eyes in, in wife, in spouse, and in children. He wants you to have it. Allah Ta'ala is giving you gifts through that. There are gifts that you receive in this world through that. Someone says, no, I only want Allah Subhanahu Yes, but Allah is telling you, I am giving you things through that. So ask for it, work for it. Allah is giving you some of His gifts through that. Okay? So you can still view it as that I'm only seeking Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala while seeking spouse and children. Right? Anything that Allah Ta'ala puts in a dua, he wants to give it to you and he will manifest his generosity through that thing. Generosity of Allah will not just come down. What's the form? Does not generosity of Allah have to come through a form? It has to come somehow. Well, he's giving it through spouse, through the children, through halal rizq, through food that is tayyib, that we're allowed to eat, that Allah asks, makes us make dua for halal food and rizq. Okay, so his, his ni'mah comes through that. Wahdat al-shuhud means that when I see this great blessing... I see that this is Allah gave it to me. Allah Ta'ala is, is making me happy through this thing. Right? So no one is just saying, no, no, Allah only. That mindset, it's as if there are multiple, there's a multiplicity in the world when there isn't. There's only one giver. And he gives through certain things. It's not like there's Allah and there's food. There's Allah and there's getting married. No. Getting married is one of the ni'am that Allah gives people. So that's how, that's wahdat al-shuhud. Constantly seeing that this is from Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala is doing something through this thing. When he, he was asked regarding uh, at the beginning, of his, the beginning of his time and the beginning of his zuhd. He says, I began and I had zuhud for three days. He says, zuhud does not have a, a, a station on its own. He, they said, why? He says, because I was, it took me three days to become a zahid. First, I made zuhud for the dunya. Second, I made zuhud of the akhirah. Third, I made zuhud from everything besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the fourth day, there was nothing else. I'm in my heart except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I understood. 
He then says, then I heard a, a, a voice saying, oh, Abu Yazid, you're not too you're strong enough for this. Then I said, this is what I'm looking for. Okay. I believe, and Allahu Adam, this is not an easy paragraph to understand, but what he's saying here is that Zuhud does not have a material objective, uh, measure. Does not have a material m- metric that you can measure on. Okay. It's, it's solely of the heart. And that means that you're, it's the attachment of the heart, more so than the outward forms. Okay. Someone is asking, what is zuhud? Zuhud means, okay, that's a good question. Zuhud truly means not to be distracted from other than Allah with your heart. That's really what it means. Not to be seeking reward from anyone but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that the things of this world, even the gifts that Allah gives you, should not distract you of Him. How do you engage in a gift that Allah gave you without being distracted from Him? Is by saying that Allah has, this is Allah's generosity to me. And I'm enjoying the gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you're always linking it back to the Creator. قِيلَ لِأَبِي Yazid. It was said to Abu Yazid al-Bistami. مَا أَشَدُّ مَا لَقِيتَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ What is the hardest thing that you found in the path of Allah? فَقَالَ لَا يُمْكِنْ وَصْفُهُ He said, I can't, it, it cannot be described. فَقِيلَ لَهُ مَا أَهْوَنُ مَا لَقِيتْ نَفْسَكَ مِنْكَ What was the worst or the weakest you found your soul? قَالَ مَا هَذَا أَمَّا هَذَا فَنِعْمْ فَنَعْمْ دَعَوْتُهَا إِلَى شَيْءٍ مِنَ الطَّاعَاتِ فَلَمْ تُجِبْنِي فَمَا نَعْتُهَا الْمَاءَ سَنَ He said, My nafs, I commanded it. In other words, I commanded myself to do an act of worship. But I found my ego to be extremely stubborn. So I deprived it of water for a year. Drank anything else but not water. Right? And that's how he would discipline himself. These are the old days where they, subhanAllah, they were tough. وَقَالَ مُنْدُ ثَلَاثِينَ سَنَةً أُصَلِّي وَاعْتِقَادِي فِي نَفْسِي عِنْدَ كُلِّ صَلَاةً أُصَلِّيهَا كَأَنِّي مَجُوسِي أُرِيدُ أَنْ أَقْطَعَ زُنَّارِي he says, for 30 years I pray and every time I, uh, my belief in it right, is as if I was a pagan cutting off my past. In other words, brand new tawbah is his mindset for every salah. Brand new tawbah. وقال لو نظرتم إلى رجل أعطي من الكرامات حتى يرتقي في الهواء فلا تغتروا به if you see a man he, who, who has karamat to the degrees he flies in the air, all right, then don't be impressed. Do not be impressed until you look at his affairs. Does he stop where the sharia said stop? Does he go where the sharia says go? Does he fulfill the, the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Sheikh Nuh puts it otherwise. He said, flying in the air, what's the big deal about flying in the air? Kuffar fly in the air and they charge you money for it. Right? <laughs> the karamat of the awliya. Oh, you saw one man flying in the air, but he can't make you fly in the air. Allah get the kuffar to do it. And they clear, uh, They made the airplane and, they, and you pay. You pay them for it. Okay. So, and that's why also in the field of dawah, you never want to be impressed until the person is really near to death. That's when you can be impressed. That's the scary part. No matter what a person does, you don't know that he can collapse. There were tariqahs where the tariqah is so massive and then it ends in a scandal or it ends in a fitna. You don't want this, right? You don't want this. You ask those people, would you 
uh, chop your success in half in exchange for avoiding this fitna? They would definitely say yes, right? So we don't want we we ask Allah Taala from uh, protection from al uh, al which is that He gives us something, then we have a downgrade. We ask never to go down. If that means going slowly, that's better. وروى عمي البستامي عن أبيه أنه قال that he said ذهب أبو يزيد that um, he says my uncle narrates from his father that he said أبو يزيد died ليلة إلى الرباط or he went one night to the rebat ليذكر الله سبحانه وتعالى to do dhikr على سوار الرباط on the edge of the the rebat is the these castles at the borders and you sit at the top of the castle there's like a walkway where people could watch for the enemy so he went to sit there and to do dhikr there فَبَقِيَ إِلَى الصَّبَاحِ لَمْ يَذْكُرُ until the morning he did not do any dhikr فَقُلْتُ لَهُ فِي ذَلِكُ so I said what happened فَقَالَ تَذَكَّرْتُ كَلِمَةْ جَرَّتْ عَلَى لِسَانِ فِي حَالِ صِبَاي فَاحْتَشَمْتُ أَنْ أَذْكُرَهُ سُبْحَانَ وَتَعَالَى I remembered a word I said that I shouldn't have said when I was a youth. I was ashamed to sit for the remembrance of Allah having said that word. In other words, he spent the entire time in Tawbah. Next Thursday, it will be entry number 13 with Shaqiq al-Balkhi. And now we will turn to your comments and your questions and what's going on on Instagram. Let's get online. Okay. See what's going on here. Right, give us the first question. What you got? Go ahead. How did how did the Zuhad make income? Come again? How did Zuhad make income? Uh, they worked little jobs here and there. Um, the the Zuhad, they they were shepherds usually, or guards, or carrying loads, or they work with a chabaz, a baker of bread, and just bake bread, stuff like that. Allah would provide or, for them too. Huh? Allah would provide. Allah for provides them for them in different ways, sometimes miraculously, and sometimes they would just be like mosque keepers. They keep the masjid. Keep going. How to keep the balance between feeling very upset mm-hmm. about our past sins and their consequences and feeling that there's hope. Um, repeat. How to, how to balance fear and hope. How do you balance fear and hope? Very easy. Hope is regarding your dua. Fear is regarding the sharia. Your actions where Allah says, don't do it. So... Let me give you an example. A man, he's dying to marry a woman. Okay? Uh, he hopes that Allah Ta'ala will make it happen for him. But he fears Allah Ta'ala when, it, when, his, when he thinks to, to communicate with her in a way that is haram. Or makruh or not right. That's how you have fear, hope and fear. So hope, the location of hope is in your prayers. The location of fear is when Allah says stop at something. You should stop. Make sense? 
What else, Sarai? Um, how to make up for 20 years of missed prayers. For the next 20 years, you pray every salah twice. And don't worry about any sunnas. Next. <laughs> What's the wisdom behind Muslim women not being allowed to marry Muslim men, but the other uh, is allowed the other way? Why can... Because the Sharia, the Quran... Uh, the Bible does not um, command the Bible and the Torah and all these other things, books do not command men to allow Muslim women to worship freely but the Quran does order Muslim men to allow a Jewish or Christian woman to worship freely that's number one number two the the pre uh, uh, the understood concept here the premise here is that the man is the driver of their family's religion. That's the premise. A man is the driver. And he and he's, will only be stopped by a sacred law. So if those past religions don't have any allowances for Jewish and Christian uh, uh, men to allow a Muslim woman to worship freely. Okay? But this sacred law does. So it allowed. Another perspective is that it was a uh, ruksa. This is a ruksa only for when the Muslims are uh, 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 only for when the Muslims are like traveling, right? Or like they're in trade, or they get end up in another country like that, and they have no other way to marry. And the other saying is the Maliki saying which is no no that's definitely not what it is that that they don't want that but it's for the, the Jews and Christians in the Islamic lands to bring that lineage into Islam by intermarriage so the kids will become Muslim and Allah knows best but that's the answer to that somebody who died because we know the hadith that says the, all the different types of martyrs mm-hmm. uh, what happens if somebody buries someone who died that way for example, COVID pandemic as a martyr with no uh, shroud and no blusud. No, no, that's not. The, so that that they made a mistake like that. For example, so they imagine that because he's a martyr, that that he's be to be treated like that kind of martyr, which is basically just a mistake. If it's if the time is near, they should dig him up, shre- wash him, and shroud him and pray janazah. If the time is near. But if a lot of time has passed, I think then then Janazah only. Okay, a uh, question from Mrs. S. Yesterday we talked about a da'i that is, he's got very few followers, right? But he does make videos, should we warn our kids? I guess so. Um, I don't think your kids will be attracted to him, but his name is Omar Lee. And just for the record, and he's just gone haywire in everything that he's saying. There was a time when he was just like a, a, a Salafi guy who was very pious, and there was a lot of goodness coming from him. Like he loved the deen. Then he went off and decided to go wage war on certain people, and now he's doing far worse than what they did. And he once even apostated out of Islam. By accident? No. Or on purpose. On purpose. Supposed. Announced that he's now a Southern Baptist. Then he made Tawbah from that, came back into Islam. 
and then became like a political commentator and he's just getting so off that this time around he declared that he's a zionist now yeah that he he declared himself to be a supporter of israel it's a great it's a country blah 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 it's a reality so iblis is a reality (laughs) what the heck how is being it's a reality it exists just because something exists what do you want us to do right Iblis exists. Are we supposed to like support that? No? Just because it exists? ISIS exists. All right, next question. Yep. Why is getting married half of your dean? Getting married is half of your dean from a, a, another, a two different perspectives. Certain things that you could do um, outside of marriage, right? You can't do outside of marriage. You can only do inside of marriage. Like, how could you be a shepherd of a flock if you're not married and have kids? Of course, you can bring me an exception where someone has to take care of his mom. That's an exception. The norm, though, is that you're going to take care of your kids and your wife. If a woman is a, is a shepherd... In the app, when her husband's not around, she's got to take care of the kids, right? If the husband is home, he's responsible in the, in the sense of uh, if they do anything wrong. How can you have patience? How could you even have add to the ummah and get all those reward from all? So your salah is deficient, right? All of our salah is deficient. No one prays perfectly every single time. So those deficiencies are made up for Extra by extra prayers. So if I go on the Yom Al Qiyamah, my Fard Salah is measured, and my end up my focus ends up being sixty five percent. So thirty five percent of the time in my life I was not focused in Salah. So what do the angels do? They go into the Sunnas and they fill it in from the Sunnah. Okay, all right. So far so good. And then they do the same with Zakah and Sadaqah and Ramadan fasting and, and Nafila fasting and Hajj and Umrah. So you notice how all the, the, for the, these four acts of worship, they have a, a Fard and a Sunnah, right? If the Fard doesn't fulfill, then we fill it up with the Sunnah. All right, all's fine and good here. But hold on a second, now I have sins. I backbited this person. I hurt this person. I did this, that, and the other. Where is that coming from? Now it's going to be debited from my good deeds. So now I'm in debt now. Let's say I'm down again to 65%. So what do I do? Malaika then say, did you teach anyone salah that you could get a reward from that? And then I had five kids. I taught them all to pray and I made sure that they prayed fajr. So when they pray fajr, I woke you up and I taught you how to make salah. So all of their ibadah, I get a portion of those good deeds without them losing anything. So that's why it's, this is half of our iman from the perspective of hasanat. It's half of our iman from the perspective that nothing will test you and try you like this. There's no trial worse than, let's say, a trial that relates to your kids. You would, you would wish yourself to suffer, not them. So sabr, patience, generosity, all these qualities. Uh, let's go to someone who questions. says, huh? There's some good questions on Instagram. Good Instagram says, what do I do if I accidentally say Subhanahu Rabbi al-A'la instead of Subhanahu Rabbi al-Azim in Rukur? Absolutely nothing. You're fine to go. Any tasbih, 
You can say subhanallah. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah, adhim. You can say any tasbih in sujood or in ruku'ah. No problem. Any tasbih. Next question. What, what to got? do if Iman is suffering because of how Muslims are treating other Muslims based on race? Muslims uh, mistreating others based on race? They feel like their Iman is going down because of that. Okay, oh, the bad behavior of Muslims? The Muslims have behaved badly and far worse in the past. If you saw what the Muslims of Andalus were doing, that's why Allah took it away from them. Okay, and, and sent the Christians upon them. At there is a time in Baghdad, the behavior and Samarkand, the behavior of Muslims was so bad, Allah sent the Mongols upon them. The Arabs, Allah sent Israel upon them and sent America upon them. We have very we have far worse behavior. Because if you're racist to someone, you mistreated someone, is that worse or killing them? Because you go to the Arab lands, you go to a lot of these countries, they'll throw you in jail, they'll torture you, they'll do so many bad things to you. Our iman is never should be connected to people's behavior. That's one thing you got to keep in mind. Islam is not connected to the behavior of people. Do not, don't make that association. That's how simple it is. The answer is literally that simple. Expect the worst from everybody. And diversify your friend group. So if you only have one friend group, and then this friend group, okay, treats you badly. Yeah, I get you. You could be traumatized. But you got to understand that that friend group, that's not the ummah. That's just one group of kids. One organization. One masjid. One community. Go elsewhere. So expand your circle. Go different masajid. Expand your circle. Okay? Go to different masajid. Different groups. All right? That's my advice to you. All right, uh, Rai, what's the question about religious studies? I, uh... I teach religious study and one of my students doesn't agree that the Quran mentions that women should cover their hair. What's the exact verse? Also again in Surah Al-Ahzab. And what it means is they should strike, they should place their head coverings above onto their bosoms. The, the premise of the Surah, of the verse, is that the women and the time of the Prophet, were already wearing head coverings. But there were head coverings to the back. And what they should do is bring it to the front. That's what the Quran says. The premise is that they're already wearing. The word khumr is a head covering. That head covering could be going backwards or frontwards. So Allah says, The head covering, What's the jayb is this? Okay, This is the jayb. Place it up front. That's what the hijab of a Muslim woman looks like that today, right? So, Let them place the khimar up until... So, all of this was showing in the jahiliyyah. So, Quran came to alter that. Right? That um, To alter that by making them bring the khimar forward. I hope that answers the question. Go to any tafsir, it'll tell you that. I think that one issue is that... Yeah. The premise also needs to be corrected as well. Not Which everything premise? from the deen is going to be specifically you're going to find an ayah from the Quran. So, you know, you need to ask, is find one sahabiyah yeah. who didn't wear the hijab. Yeah. Find one example from mm-hmm. the salaf 
who didn't wear it. Yeah. You know, there's more proofs and evidences than just what the Quran says. For example, we have the Ahadith, we have Correct. the Ijma, we have all these other things. Also, uh, this is not. Hey, that's. Uh, is that risky? Is it gonna fall? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have uh, a Zogby is good at hanging stuff. Zogby will hang it. I don't know where to put it right now, though. Just leave it there. That's probably not good. Huh? It's going to fall? That's why I just wasn't ready. Okay. Um, so, we have a right? Do we need, does hijab need textual evidence? Or didn't the Muslims pass it on? So that is the textual evidence. What else is the textual evidence of the hadith? Because for A. Lodi, I would say... The first thing is that tell your student, what if the Qur'an didn't mention? Did not the Qur'an command us to follow the Prophet? We cannot uh, concede to a Qur'an-only mentality. Rejected. What if it didn't come in the Qur'an? It came in the Hadith. And the widespread Hadith of the Prophet is law for us. It's enough to make law. The Prophet clearly said in Hadith of Fadl ibn Abbas, He's, a woman came to him, new Muslim woman in Mecca, and she said, what could I cover and what should I not cover? The Prophet ﷺ said, cover everything except this and this. And she happened to be a very pretty woman that Fadl was looking at, so he turned his head. Because that's his cousin. And he has authority over him. On top of that, he's, he's the Prophet, so he has authority. So the Prophet said, change the thing with your hand first. So he literally changed it with his hand by turning his head. Right? From the looking. SubhanAllah, it kind of also shows yeah. that it's a two-way street. Some women nowadays, they say, you know, men should look away. You know, they should avert their gaze. But the Prophet ﷺ, he tells the woman and he corrects his cousin as well. Yeah. So it goes both ways. It goes both ways. And we only have, we only have one filter on advice, the deen. Yeah. Anybody should be able to give advice. Any Muslim should be able to give advice to any other Muslim. A Muslim man should be able to give advice to a Muslim woman. A Muslim woman should give advice to a Muslim man. Right. If it's appropriate in the relationship, like I'm not going to walk up to a stranger, right? I wouldn't walk up to a stranger as, uh, it, it would be more acceptable for me to walk up to a stranger who is a man, socially acceptable, than to walk up to a stranger who is a woman. But if we're in the position that where it's appropriate to give, to speak about matters, we're totally allowed to speak about matters of the, that the religion spoke about. Okay. If it's outside the religion, then we won't sp- speak about that, right? Uh, there's, but the, the, the filter is, should never be, oh, he's Daisy, I can't talk to him about that. I can't tell, I can't tell him that his clothes smells like curry because he's Daisy, and he'll be offended. No, I can't, right? Because clothes smelling bad in the masjid, this thing of, of, of limiting people's speech is getting out of hand, yeah. right? I mean, that's like an absurd example, but that's, there are a lot of examples similar to that. Yeah. Right. And we're not extremists yeah. in one way or the other. Some brothers, they become extremists and they place the problem of modesty only on women not covering themselves and they yeah. never address the problem. And then some women, and you know, there's obviously exceptions, yeah. some women, they do the opposite and they say that the whole problem is men looking. Yeah. So no, we say that it goes both ways. It goes both and ways. And the purpose of hijab, yeah. we don't lie and we don't say that it's not modesty. Modesty is one reason, yeah. but it's not the whole reason. It's just one of the, the wisdoms behind the hijab, mm-hmm. but it's not the purpose behind the hijab. Like, yeah. it's not the reason why it came down. The reason why it came down is just simply it's a command from Allah right. subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because there's no instance where if a circumstance changed, well, that's a illa. There's no yeah. illa for that. Yeah. Where a circumstance would change, then hijab is no longer a fart. Yeah. The only time is 
the general ilal of someone's got a gun to your head, right? right? That's, a, that's a general ilal for almost everything except for harming another person. Right. So uh, in the same way that women, uh, uh, that, that women have hijab, men also have lower in the gaze. So, all right, there, give me some of these questions about, okay, the eyeline, uh, eyelash extensions. Yes, I did ask about that. It is a ha'il and you must remove it for wudu. It's a ha'il. It's considered a ha'il. Next question. What you got, Oz? Or Ryan? Give me, give me something. There was a definitely Wahhabi-influenced question. Because mm-hmm. they said Imam Abu Hanifa said that Iman doesn't change. Yes, what Imam Abu Hanifa meant by that is that the certainty, he, def- he understood it, when we talk about the certainty, the certainty of Iman doesn't change, and we agree on that. Like, it's, you either have Iman or you don't have Iman. We agree on that premise, right? But what, what we do also say is that Iman can increase, its strength can increase or decrease. The power of that Iman, yes, it can increase or decrease, while Abu Hanifa, what he was talking about was the actual faith itself. And we say, no, the actual faith doesn't uh, increase or decrease. Like, it, it's you, you either are certain of the truth or you're not certain. There's no, no Muslim can have doubts, but we can have wiswas and we can have weakness. Okay, we can have those types of things. All right, keep going, uh, uh, Rai or Oz, whoever's uh, seeing stuff. Where is it? Read it to me. Do we need more Muslim chaplains, and what do you think we need to focus on the biggest problems that you've seen to address in American community? I think that addressing Muslims in elementary school now is the level. Like, we went from get them in college to get them in high school, and we're now at the level of get them in elementary school, right? And in other words, there is a war on hearts and minds. There's a war on hearts and minds. We need to be able to get to these hearts and minds before other forces get to them. That's my point. And so if you ask me, uh, I think better parenting is important, and I think the, the, the onslaught of influence from public schools and from uh, the, the general... Uh, online world it's just too much it's like it's a tidal wave it has to be fought back from an earlier age and if you're a muslim parent you're you're like a warrior you're a general that's jihad to me i think it's not officially jihad like if you die you're not a martyr right and there's no spoils of war to be had but in that respect it's not like the official jihad but in its in the effort required it's a non-stop effort that's required like i don't see how you could stop and nowadays, parents they have to be both intelligent yep. and sincere. You got Where be. you see sincere parents, and their kids go astray just because yep. the parents they don't use your, their brains, unfortunately, and the, vice versa. Parents are yeah. ignorant, not that bright, and not that courageous. Yeah. Okay, not that courageous, and they're afraid of their kids. And I think that's the biggest problem. How could you be afraid of your kid? You should be afraid for your kid. So when people say, "Oh, how do you have the heart?" I don't have the heart to say no to my kids I have more fear of the consequences than I fear for their feelings like I fear the consequences of uh, my kid going astray I fear the consequence more than I fear what they think so that I might stop them from doing something right that's what make make me stop them from doing something I fear the consequences fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we say fear Allah fear the consequences he's placed on the earth Allah's placed consequences here 
Last thing I want is, uh, you want to have a son who's one of these bums? Who's just a complete bum? Like, I fear that. So I want to make sure that it doesn't happen. You want to have a daughter who's stuck for a lot of them, not to make fun, but some people are like, they're like floozy types, right? And I'm really not making fun, but I'm saying like, that's the thing I have fear. I don't want a daughter that's like that. That like, it's, it's, it's a scary, or how about what, what's on all these movies and shows? The girls that talk back that are just like, what the heck? Who are you they, talking back and to? And then in real life, they learn from these shows. They're learning from these things. There was a sheikh from Turkey who said he's watching a show with, no, yeah, a sheikh from Turkey was watching a show with his son. His son flipping through the channel. His son's watching the show, right? And the, kid, the cartoon character says to the dad, I'm my own person, yeah. okay? Couple of weeks later, okay, the little kid says it to his dad. Where do you? He's, this is education. This stuff is education. They're watching the kids talk back to their parents. Yeah. It's becoming a default that these sassy girls, oh, and yeah. I mainly see it from the girls. From yeah. the boy side, I see that he's a dumb bum. Yeah, like the 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 the, the depiction of yeah. most teenage guys, they're stupid, fools, idiots, and they're bums, and they have nothing going for them. And the depiction, like the Disney Channel oh, yeah. type of depiction of the girls, they're sassy and they talk back and their vi- their tongue is vicious like a yeah. snake. And, and they talk like this to their parents. And you see that the dad is always like a dumb bumbling. Like he's oh, he's oaf. a fool. And, and the girl is always, if you really observe, you'll yeah. see that the girl is the one who shuts up her dad. Yeah, all and the time. All the time. She's the oh. one with the zinger that makes the dad feel yep. embarrassed. Yep. And if you notice kids when they're young, especially the ones that watch a lot of TV, yep. you'll see they're... They're learning their speech patterns and their mannerisms from TV. From all this stuff. They're literally just repeating. These yeah. kids, they're, like their mirror neurons yeah. are so fresh. Uh-huh. All they do is they yeah. learn from, from observation. You can't even yeah. blame the kids. The it's, kids are just so like plastic. That, that becomes a default. Yeah. Right? And anything that's not that must be off, must be different. Right? So because we're not that, we're different. Right? So this is the war that we're waging here. Give me something, Rai. Someone had a question about eczema. Eczema? I think um, what they meant was that their skin peels after wudu. Doesn't break your wudu. So their concern is their prayer valid even. Yeah, it's valid. Doesn't doesn't break wudu. What what you got? So somebody has found two hadith, a hadith with uh, apparently conflicting meanings. And doesn't know what to do. On what hadith? The Sahaba ate and drank while walking, and in other states it's sinful. It's never sinful. It could be just makruh. And the way that you bring these two together is that the incident may have happened before the karahiyah came down, before that the Prophet declared it makruh. That's one of the ways that you bring it. These things didn't happen at the same time, right? One happened before the other. Uh, sometimes a narrator doesn't know that the Prophet rendered it discouraged. Others may have considered it discouraged in a circumstance. So, for example, Sayyidina Ali is famously had said that there is no harm in drinking while standing. Okay? While others have established that the Prophet discouraged drinking while standing. Okay? So, they may have, Sayyidina Ali may have heard the hadith and rendered what the Prophet meant was uh, a minor discouragement. Okay? 
or if it's done with an intention of rushing or something like that. So there's always some different caveats and ways to understand these things. Here's a question from, is Khamr is Najis in the Madiki Madhab? So what about praying with alcohol containing cologne or deodorant? There is some ikhtilaf on this. And secondly, uh, yes, in the Madiki Madhab, anything that could potentially intoxicate you is a Khamr that is Najis and therefore cannot be on you. Well, the first answer to that is from some of the Mauritanian scholars, they deemed alcohol as an, uh, cologne as an exception because it evaporated. Right, it evaporates off. Secondly, uh, is the Hanafi opinion is that some, many many times we Madikis have to take from the Hanafi opinion on this, in that the only najis is grape and date wine, and Sheikh Rami goes by this because naturally occurring alcohols, different forms of alcohol, are just too prevalent in everything that we take, everything that we have. Okay, vanillin, vanilla extract, everything that we. Even he said cookies that he found, biscuits, in the desert of Mauritania. Which is like, that's like the only cookie they have, right? Has vanilla extract in it. So they all rely upon the Hanafi opinion that alcohol, not, the on, not all alcohol is nudges, only grape and date wine is nudges. And all the other alcohols, it's just that as long as you don't get drunk from it, then it is not considered nudges. So, so would the prohibition be getting drunk from it? And that's basically, and I don't even think, I don't consider that um, the type of tarakhus that is talfiq uh, and madhmum. Because I actually think it's, 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 it becomes a hardship. And I remember one brother, he said that najas, you know, something najas, you don't even touch it, right? So he had a biscuit and he's reading at the shop, right? And he found that it has vanilla extract, so he put it down. And the, the lady, and he said to the lady, I don't want that. She, he said, she said, okay, just put it over there on the basket. He said, I can't touch it because it has vanilla extract in it. That's Judaism, right? I, you can't even touch the biscuit because it has vanilla extract in it. And she's like, what? Well, he's, she said, in America, we got a lot of vanilla extract. Now, this is like a white convert, but it's so foreign, and this behavior is so extreme and excessive you can tell, tell you should be able to tell extremism when we see it yeah. right this is ghulu right and this issue of and so he even they took the opinion of the hanaf on this matter of vanilla extract and every little ingredient that you have now has something of alcohol in it we don't go like this this is not our way this is not the fitra and this degrees of excess is it's ghulu fiddin and it's not sustainable so when you're entering in something that's not sustainable like this okay then that's when it's okay to go by another method. Rules on pulling the plug. You're allowed to pull the plug on someone in life support. Okay. You have to save their life if it's about that. But if someone only survives on life support, it is permissible to pull the plug. You're not obligated to keep them up. Did you see that article that got posted? Which one? Um... From um, it was a conversation with Sheikh Marili and Sheikh Zuhair on this. What did he say? It was a long conversation. I need to read that because yeah, I think they. Might it was on this on brain death. Yeah. What so I think uh, one one thing that struck me was that the fuqaha um, they say that um, if someone is drowning and you have the ability to hold their hand and you let go, then you're you sinful. Killed them. You killed them. Yes. 
But you know, if you can't let like if you can't hold it anymore, then you're not sinful because now you're you right. lost the ability. Yes. So unfortunately, like and they, they he, there's it's a long conversation, but the analogy is drawn that mm-hmm. if you have the resources to support this person, yep. then th- you should keep them alive. But I recommend I think it's on markazimammalik.com. It was a very very good conversation. It's one of the big issues I think in but the, the but in America. the issue is that just as you can't hold on physically, right. you can't hold on financially. financially. Exactly. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. 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 That's that should be the concept because some of this is it's it's forever. Yeah. They're going to be on the plug forever. Yeah. And the hospital's charging a exorbitant amount of yeah. money for that. If you can't afford it then this is another yeah. issue. Yeah. Um are we allowed to to whiten teeth and hair? Uh you're allowed to bleach your teeth. Bleach that's cleaning your teeth essentially. That's totally permissible to clean your teeth like that. And in terms of hair, the the dye that is not allowed for us is the dye that would mislead a potential suitor for marriage. That's what's not allowed for us. So um, when the Prophet said, leave off the black, what is meant by that is that in those times you didn't have birthdays, right? You actually didn't know how old you were. So people just went by the signs on you. So that if you dyed your hair black, people would think you're more younger than not. So by Qiyas... If you are uh, a reddish-haired and you dyed your hair red, or you are yellow-haired, blonde, and you dyed your hair yellow, and that mislead, misled people, the misleading is the sinfulness, not the dying. It's the misleading element. So that if, if you're married and you're on your wife, yeah, you could, dye, you could bl- dye your hair, right? There's nothing wrong with dyeing your hair, so provided that you're not misleading somebody. The other th- prohibition in mislead in dyeing hair is when the color that you're using is shi'ar fisq. Shi'ar fisq means it's a, a symbol of fisq. Uh, blue hair today. That means you're like a, a, a progressive liberal. So that is, is something you don't want people to accuse you of that. No one will come near you, right? They'll think that you're on that. It comes with a lot of other things. Or someone with very light skin dyes their hair really black and wears all black. In each individual thing, there's no prohibition in a, if, if a girl were to do that, right? Or a boy were to do that. But in the whole package, it's that goth look, which becomes makruh for a Muslim to try to look like that. That's the idea. Okay? That's the idea here. Nuh Yahya says, these Turkish beard transplants... Um, Yes, you are allowed to add what was lost. You're allowed to add what was lost. Now, for the beard, Allah Adam, but I, the beard being that uh, I don't know if there's a prohibition on adding to the beard, but hair transplant is no different than a tooth that fell out and you putting it back in, or skin that was lost and you grafted skin from another from your calf and you put it on your hand, or if you lost skin on your face, right? If skin burned on your face, are you allowed to take a, a skin graft from the back of your calf and put it on your face? Answer is yes. Same thing with hair. Vegan foods contain, this is a question from Lily, vegan food contain uh, things which raises doubt on the alcohol extract. Yeah, so... Um, we answered the question on that. Those alcohols that are not based on grape and date wine vinegar, uh, oh, sorry, uh, grape and date wine, will not be considered to be forbidden. 
the najis. They're not considered najis in the Maliki, in the Hanafi method. Does the Prophet ﷺ know how we worded our salawats? And the answer is yes. He sees how everything about how we do our salawats. And that's actually one of the shiuch said we shouldn't do our salawats in a non-appropriate setting like walking in the market or something. You can do any other dhikr, but because salawat is shown to the Prophet in a good exactly how you do it, then um, uh, we should do it in a good way. Bushra Begum. Can you recommend books on Ahlul Bayt? Yes, Ahlul Bayt, you're going to go to Nasa'i. Imam Nasa'i wrote a book on Ahlul Bayt. It's a big orange book that you can find on Mecca books. Okay. Is 0.0% alcohol halal? I don't think so. 0.01 maybe? Because there no, we 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 wouldn't consume any of that. No, you think 0.0 means nothing. No alcohol. No, because they say 0.0, but it's 0.001, for for example. Now, by the way, this rukhsad of the ahnaf is to be taken when there's also, it's to be considered even more when it's in a format that cannot make you drunk, Yeah. right? Like it's there as an ingredient, but it doesn't make you drunk. There's also a difference between like fruit will buy naturally. You leave like an apple out for a day. It'll start... Uh, developing some alcohol and yeah. fermentation yeah. But there's also a difference between when you add the alcohol in mm-hmm. Artificially When the human hand comes yeah. and adds it in yeah. So there needs to be like This is a matter of fatwa Because for, you gotta, yeah, yeah. for us You have just made it nudges Yeah, right? exactly But it, only if by going with the Hanafi school right. That it's not nudges yeah. Only by that Should we take precautions sharing a microwave? Look The microwave? No there, uh, once that guy is taking his pork out and you don't see the vapors anymore, there's nothing there. Two people, says Marmy, are considering themselves for marriage. But they're of different medhabs. I would say that I would highly recommend one household, one medhab. Because how are you going to raise your kids? On what are you going to raise your kids? You don't want to keep saying, oh, Mama's Hanafi. Oh, Baba's Hanbali. No, no, no. no. That's too complicated, right? That's too complicated. One family, one method. Right? If we had a country, we'd have a method. We'd have an official method. Yes, you can teach the other methods. Right? But one one household, one method. But of course, I would not make that a thing where you'd get break off the wedding for that. That's not something to break off the marriage. Quick uh, thing today is Arcview is Thursday. Thursday is Hambari Fiqh at 6 o'clock, followed by Tasawwuf class at 7.45. Right, right? Is that our timing? No. Yeah, yeah. Tasawwuf class after Aisha. Right? 7.45. Tasawwuf class. Hambari Fiqh at 6 o'clock. So sign up at arcview.org. Arcview.org. Sign up there. Moyassar. What is the ruling on cosmetic procedures? This is Botox and fillers. Very simple principle I gave you. Allah is generous. How did Allah create you? He created you in a beautiful form, right? You have teeth, you have a nose, you have eyes, you have eyelashes, you have eyebrows, you have hair, you have all these wonderful things. You have nails, you have skin. How, that's how Allah created you. You have 100% right to keep those things there. And if it falls off, to put it back. Skin graft, 100% halal for you to do teeth fell out put in new teeth 
nose fell out, put in a new nose. Even if it would be end up being better than the original nose. Skin, you have warts and pimples. Were you born with warts and pimples? No. They developed by nature, whatever. You have the right to remove them, even if it's surgically removed. A mole, right, developed. Were you born with a mole? No, you're not born with it. Or is it something that humans are born with generally? Uh, what's thumping? Uh, are you thumping on the mic? Sorry. They're a thumper over here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The mics are so good that yeah. if we did this, they'll hear it. Okay, so are, is, are people generally born with these things? No, we're not. You have the right to remove them. And if you lose something that you're born with, you have a right to add it back. For example, someone loses a leg. Is he allowed to get a prosthetic leg? Of course he is, right? So you're allowed irja ma saqat. Simple principle. You're allowed to return what was lost. What are you not allowed to do? Is ziyada. Uh, let me lift my cheekbones up. Let me fill in my lips. All that you're not allowed to do. That which is permanent in its nature. Okay? So what you're you're allowed to do anything else like creams, oils to avoid getting that stuff is fine. But permanent surgeries like that the answer is no. Oz, is that clear? Is there anything we left out of that? Uh, no, but one thing I'm noticing in the chat, mm-hmm. uh, it is clear, sorry. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm noticing in the chat is you mentioned the vanilla extract. Yes. Now everyone is doing qiyas and saying mouthwash is okay, this is okay, this is okay. Remember we said bil istihala. Yeah. If it's altered, right? Yeah. There's a big difference. People, like, they don't understand. This is the fatwa. Now you can't make qiyas on the fatwa. Yes, so we you don't have make to, PS on fatwa. Yeah. So this is this is a really big issue where people they read these things online and then they, they apply their own logic. Yeah. Um yeah. I think many of the scholars like Imam Qarafi said you cannot do this at all. It's haram. Yeah. So qiyas on fatwa. Qiyas on fatwa. Yeah. Because but, you don't know why he's do, why the Imam is giving this fatwa yeah. to begin with. What does the Hanafi say about this? I think um Do they require it is that like so, like the mouthwash one? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's allowed cuz if you swallow it you know there's alcohol in it. Yeah. And it's not like it's impossible. Like there's there's so, alternatives. There's so much out there. So what we're saying is that when it is in not grape or date wine, plus not in a form that could make you drunk. Yeah. Like no one's eating these these cookies. will never get yeah. drunk from it. Mm-hmm. Right? You will never get drunk from it. Noreen Mukhtar, ladies, they are, say they are trying to look younger with Botox so the husband doesn't go out looking for younger women. Who said he's a basket of fruit either? Should women cover their head to say salawat and adhkar? In general, when a woman sits for ibadah, it's good to cover her head. Dervish says, if the, mention, if the Prophet ﷺ mentioned not to deceive with the hair color, looking at the principle, it feels like the transplant hair does not follow the principle. Yes, it does, because you are... It, it, I ask about this because we get a lot of questions about this because you are allowed to have what you lost. Okay? Alopecia, for example. Women who have alopecia, can they get a hair transplant? The answer is yes. It's That is what how Allah created them. Then they lost it. Therefore, they don't, they're not tricking anybody. But the, the dyeing the hair is tricking somebody about the age of the person. Okay? So if I lost a tooth, I don't have to go say, hey, by the way, I have a new tooth, right, before we get married. No, I don't have to do that. I don't have to say anything at all, okay? 
I broke my nose. Now my nose looks really straight. I don't have to say anything at all. I am allowed to return how Allah created me. You're, you're, you're right as a Muslim to do that. What you're not allowed to do is trickery. Like, it's, it'll, it'll mislead the age. That's why. Okay? It'll mislead the age. That's why. And by the way, we're not even saying it's haram. It's makruh. Because it may mislead and may not. Like, to, if, 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 let's say a 45-year-old man, and he's going to propose to a 40-year-old woman, right? It happens all the time. People get married in the middle of life. And then he dyes all his hair. Right? Is his intent to mislead? Or just to impress? Is she going to be fooled by this? Or not? Because he can clearly tell her, I'm 45. Right? So the answer is that because there's fuzziness in that, it's makruh even. We're not even saying it's haram. It's makruh. Neba. Are normal Muslims allowed to quote hadiths in conversations as they please? If it's not a hadith of rulings. If it's outside the hadiths of rulings. By the way, I have an announcement today. Some of you are going to be upset. I'm away next week. I have to go on something personal. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're not streaming. Where I could catch up on writing essays for civil... Uh, what is it called? <laughs> Civic engineering or something? <laughs> Urban planning. The time, but no will, yeah. It's hard to get up on the... Okay. All right, what else we have? It's now 3.15. We could take a couple more questions. I, I do set, I do recognize the importance that in this day and age there's a lot of fitna and people should take care of themselves because we we marry once and you don't want to have a situation where one of the spouses is miserable in the marriage and tempted. I actually find this, there is it's Sheikh um, Zulfiqar Ahmed. He says wealth in the past and I think it was from other, Sufyan al-Thawri said this actually and I think he quoted Sufyan al-Thawri. Sufyan al said, wealth in the past was a fitna, but today is a protection of your deen. If you have money, your deen, it's a protection for your deen. You'll never be forced to do something that you're not, that it's haram for you to do. Okay? So, likewise, in the past, to, to take care of how you appear in a, in a reasonable way would be considered like dunya, right? It's not appropriate even. It's like not appropriate for the righteous to really care too much about that. But that even Abdullah bin Abbas didn't have that view. He said, do, do you not like for your wife to look good in front of you? So you also need to look good in front of her. But today, I think it's even more. It's a protection from fitna. If you become some uh, out of shape bum, your wife is looking around and she sees plenty of other guys walking around in the streets. And she doesn't need your income. It could be a wiswas that shaitan puts in her mind you could do better than this. Uh, it goes the other way too. If a woman doesn't like just bumming around in sweatpants all the time and doesn't care and no exercise and never, well, that could be a cause for the guy also to get fitna. So what used to be, this is amazing, what used to be like almost vanity in the past is almost a type of necessity today. I would really put it at the level of necessity because human nature will kick in at some point. 
and you realize that's it. I'm stuck with this person. Okay. Right. And, and I could do better. I'm taking care of myself. I'm getting on the treadmill. I iron my clothes. I make sure that I, I always like my mouth never smells bad. And I got this bum. He doesn't care where Allah created means for you to take care of yourself. Okay. Where these are not, there's nothing hidden about this stuff. This stuff is all out there. The way to take care of yourself and make yourself at least decent, acceptable. Okay. It's all out there. So I consider this actually uh, um, a protection. And I think it's something good. Would, uh, Ryan, am I making sense? Oz, am I making sense? Thank you. Uh, in Maliki Madhab, wudu is wudu. If you make wudu for witr, if you make wudu for sunnah, you can pray farj with it. There is no wudu is wudu. There's one wudu. One wudu. There's not multiple wudus here. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or else, uh, are the ruh and nafs separate entities? Yes, they are. They are. They are separate things. Unfortunately, we're out for next week, but we will be back the Monday after that. And then we do have a short week after that because Thursday we're off. We have American uh, long, an American long weekend. There's a holiday here called Thanksgiving. Of course, the British and the Canadians, the British don't have that at all. And the uh, Canadians have it in October. Okay. Sheikh, there's Athkar for preserving the body. What's the benefit of having it preserved? Do you mean preserved from being eaten by worms? It's an honor to, not, to be preserved and not eaten by worms, right? Can the body feel these things? The, the body can feel the negative if as adab yes if it's as adab yes so this is another reason right that yeah yeah all right what about atiq rahman is asking can a woman put on for example eyelash extensions or hair extensions and the answer to that is only in the presence of her family where there's no deception involved only as just a temporary thing that, that it, there is room for that and permissibility for that. But outside and permanently, no. The answer is no. All right. Uh, if you like this live stream, engage in an act of support by going to patreon.com backslash. Oh, everyone flips out about that. I'm sorry for the grammar people. Forward slash. Yes. Safina Society. All right. Patreon.com forward slash because it's leaning forward okay backslash uh, forward slash safina society and that's how uh you will be a supporter okay you will be a supporter inshallah, uh, of this live stream one more question from safi m one can argue that fillers replace something that was lost with age which is the volume in the cheeks uh that's not a logic that i've seen the ulama accept it's a far-off logic, personally speaking. It's not something that does have a more of a... It's something that is added from what was subtracted, and Allah knows best, but I think that it's something that they haven't uh, accepted. They haven't accepted. Uh, teaching curriculum in the UK, I have to teach LGBTQ. Would I be sinning if it's something I have to teach by law? Yes, you, were, you would be uh, committing sins for doing that. 
unfortunately. Um, I don't know what you have to teach, right? Right. And what nature are you moralizing about it or teaching that it happened? There's a big difference. I'm allowed to teach, hey, everyone, this is what Christianity says. Just transmitting to people what a kufr is, this is what Christianity says. This is what Judaism says. Uh, but to, if you're teaching it in the form that you are promote, it's, it's, it's deemed a promotion of it, or a, directing attention that isn't there, right? That no one would be paying attention to, but now they are. If that's what would happen, then that's problematic. Yeah. And that would be sinful for you to do. So you find out when you're doing that. Okay. I'll tell you how to do this. Okay. You go out, let's say LGBTQ, LibidiQ history is in October, right? When is it? November, October. I don't know. No, that's LGBTQ month, but LGBTQ history month. Yeah, they have their own. They get two? Yes, they get two months. This is ridiculous. There's uh, uh, History Month, right? They want the whole year. And they want the whole year, I'm telling you. What does Allah say about them? Musrifun. They don't know where to stop. They do not. They literally wow. don't know where to stop. That's Allah's description of them in the Quran. They literally do not know where to stop. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't think I'll Which one, Libidikyu? Oh, the one where you read off of the picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was a great khutbah. Were you here? Yeah, yeah, I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. They were shocked. Okay, so Ligbiti Q has a history month in October. So the historians and the history classes got to teach that. So um, you go get sick, right? Every Get sick. So get yourself sick. Call in sick. You get six days, right? Do you need a doctor's note? That's also simple too. Take a shower, open up all the windows, turn the fan on, you'll get yourself a little flu. It's not that bad. Just a flu, a fever. Religious studies teachers are expected to teach sex education and ligbidiq, etc. So I don't really have a choice. Oh my gosh. What are these poor teachers going to do? Get another job. But I always give the Muslim and Christian perspective on it too. Yeah, so you got to see when, how, how long are you going to teach? What, what's the lesson? This, this group of people, they put their private part into that private part. This group of people don't do that. Boom, the lesson over. What is there to say about this stuff? But they create stuff to say, right? They create stuff. Uh, it's oh, got to, it's got, this is too much, man. People with common sense have to, they're not. I noticed, I noticed today something very, very, I was about to call my teacher out, but I was like, I'm going to get kicked out of the yeah. class if I say it, because he's always saying this, they, he, X, J, yeah. for all the pronouns for everybody or whatever. Yeah. And then he said something today and he was like, he was like, little girls uh, tend to uh, um, learn how to tie their shoes earlier than little boys do. Yeah. I was about to raise my hand. I was about, what about little binary kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't what about exist. little binaries? Yeah. No, no such thing. No such thing, man. <laughs> They've gone nuts, I'm telling you. The world's gone nuts. Has, has 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 been intimidated by this and they're following it all the way um, down this off the cliff and we're gonna see I'll tell you what we're gonna see we're gonna start seeing little kids getting sexually abused okay that's where we're headed and abusing each other as well yeah they're gonna once they learn this stuff in class you don't think they're gonna try it out of course 
That's and and let me tell you what the what the left is going to do. Hmm? I think, but not in that way. No. What? Yeah. No, yeah. that's different. Like what they do. Um, if you read like some medical textbooks, it'll say that the kids will do this stuff once or twice. First of all, I think it's from Shaitan. But then their fitra is so against it. But when they're reading in the books, this is perfectly yeah. fine. Just use protection. Yeah. These kind of disgusting stuff. Yeah. Then they're gonna try it once or twice, and they're gonna continue doing it. Yeah. Subhanallah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, you're out. If you, no, before you, like. No, call, I'm say say I'm I'm calling your parent right now. I told him you touched the kid. Yeah. And, and they're gonna get freaked out when you say I'm gonna call the parents. No, this kind of stuff, like, you know, like smacking some someone on the butt and stuff like that, yeah. used to be like a regular thing that you do. Like, yeah. it's stupid yeah. and it's silly, but Baseball it's just, players all yeah, day. It's just like yeah. middle school behavior, whatever. Yeah. For some people, high school and college behavior, but that's different. Um, now it's like, unfortunately, yeah. youth can't be youth anymore. No, youth can't be youth. And these things are, uh, you know, there are policies in some, in, in some Islamic schools, no touching at all. Boys to boys even. No touching. Because the boys got out of hand. But the thing is that... Um, eventually, people are gonna. The kids are gonna be abused, and the left, I think, will do nothing about it. Protect them. They're not gonna do it. They're gonna protect them. Yeah. For Farida Khan really wants her question answered. Let's see where is it. First of all, so Alodi says she went to an Islamic school. Khalas, you have to. We are being pushed out of the society, industry by industry, industry by industry. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Teachers are first. Yep. I think the doctors are going to follow. The, the pediatricians. Pediatricians. Yep. And one by one, we're getting mm-hmm. edged out. And what, did, what does Allah say about what they do in the Quran? min qaryatina. Get them out of yeah. our city. Yeah. So we're not, they're not kicking it out of, this, out of the country right away. Out of industry. One industry at a time. Uh, sister, I can't see your question. Put it, please post it again. Far- Post your question. Can you what? No, it shouldn't be. It should be that you are fresh. You have not sweated since the shower to Juma. That's the sunnah. That you have not sweated from the shower to Juma. What do you say about Sheikh Sayyidina Abdul Qadir Jalani? What do we have to say about him? Who could ever describe his, his, what he's done for the ummah in the field of Tasawuf and who he was? Sheikh Abdul Qadir Jalani is the one of the greatest of Shiyukh uh, of Tasawuf, and his, as they say, his neck is on the foot of every wali. Uh, that was this is from Levan. Have you ever? I don't know if he's talking to someone else or talking to us because it's RP, which I don't know what that means. Repeat. repeat. He's been Have you ever heard of an infant that was born alive but died after being buried? Wait a second. Just infant born alive. Born alive. Passed away. But died after being buried. No, no, I don't think he means that. Without a janazah, because they were sinless. He was just given a, like, he died, and then he was buried without a janazah. That's what he's saying. He should be, if he's born alive, he should be buried with a janazah. If he's born dead, he doesn't need to be buried. Have a janazah. Yeah. What is, what is your opinion on the hyper-skeptics on hadith? On these hyper, no, they're, most of them outside of Islam, I think. It's kufr to me. To reject hadith is kufr. As a young adult, should I focus on memorizing Quran or learning Quranic Arabic? Memorize the Quran. Because your memory is going to be stronger now than in the future. Again, support this by going to patreon.com forward slash Safina Society. 
Jazakumullah khairan everyone. Good stream. Almost two hours. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-lazina amanu wa aminu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haq wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Oh